0: I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather. Now at ChumpaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. VDW Group. No purchase necessary. Avoid where prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. This is ContactTalkRadio.com. Consciousness in action. And you are taking action into your consciousness by tuning into Contact Talk Radio. And on TuneIn.com, Hing.fm, and Upsnap Mobile. Contact Talk Radio. Welcome to Big Love with Ariel Ford, known as the Cupid of Consciousness and the Fairy Godmother of Love. Arielle and her guests will share with you the secrets to finding and keeping the love of your life, as well as ways to make your life a spiritual adventure. Join us now for a heart-opening and inspiring hour. Welcome, everybody. I am so excited about our topic today. We're going to be talking, when does chatting become cheating? And my very special guest is Sherry Myers, who is the author of Chatting or Cheating, How to Detect Infidelity, Rebuild Love, and Affair Proof Your Relationship. And Sherry is a licensed marriage and family therapist in L.A., She's among the nation's most frequently quoted and interviewed relationship and infidelity specialists, and she appears on all the big shows. So today we're going to be talking about this very, very hot topic. Sherry, welcome to the show. Thank you, Arielle. It's so wonderful to be here. Well, this is certainly a hot topic. So... um, Let's talk about all the ways that this could happen. I know that there are people texting and Facebooking and tweeting, and you say that this is a form of emotional sex. Can you define that for us? Absolutely. Emotional sex is a phrase that I coined over my years of being in practice as a relationship therapist because I started to see a phenomenon that was destroying marriages and wreaking havoc among committed couples. And it all starts so innocently enough. Emotional sex is a kind of infidelity that we're all facing in the 21st century. It used to take a really, really long time for affairs to develop. You know, if you were working, you might be talking by the water cooler. (laughs) The coworker, or having to travel, or you know, a lot—a affairs start in carpool lines or soccer fields when you're talking to co-parents. But they take time. Now it can happen in seconds, and that's the phenomenon that I'm calling emotional sex. It's in a way an emotional affair with benefits. It's a friendship that escalates into something more. It's an unspoken attraction. It's like having a crush. And the danger of it is it's an affair of the heart. And your brain chemistry takes over where you start feeling like, I'm in love. I can't believe it. I've never felt higher or better in my life. There's something really special going on here. And before you know it, Your emotions, if you will, start having sex with your brain and it starts taking you over. Wow. And are you seeing this uh, causing a lot of breakups? It's causing a lot of breakups because already so many of us are so frazzled and distracted And now you add social media on top of it. And there's additional obligations. So besides the kids, besides our partner, besides working, besides the stresses of life, now we have an obligation to tweet right away if we have a post or Facebook. We have to, like, keep our friends engaged and involved, especially if they write to us. And besides all the emails, besides all the meetup groups, besides all, there is so much extra tension and responsibility that takes us away and distracts us. Now add texting to the mix. There's, I know I feel guilty if I don't return the text within five minutes, and even five minutes seems like a long time to wait. And I personally know how it weighs me down in my body. It's like there is so much pressure to immediately respond that by the time I get back and home to my partner who has energy, I'm exhausted, plus the texting is still coming in. And I see that more and more and more in relationships where we're getting drawn away from each other to other things, and our relationships are suffering. So what happens, let's say you're the person who, you're you're on Facebook and you're, you're High school boyfriend or high school girlfriend reaches out to you and you, you know, feel this little buzz and you start connecting. What are the warning signs to ourselves that we're, you know, headed on a a walk on the dark side or the wild side? It's a good question and an important one, Ariel. One, you start to become a little more secretive and exclusive. Like, you're going to the bathroom to text or when your partner comes oh. in the room, you're slamming the computer shut like nothing's going on because you don't want them reading over your shoulder what you're sharing or everything in comparison starts feeling a little dull. Like the excitement is with the interaction with this person, whether it be someone from your past or someone you've recently met uh, and you prefer... Now, talking to that person rather than your primary partner, and you're beginning to check constantly to see, have they written? Or you send an email and you're like biting your nails till they write you back. And you start thinking about this person more than you're thinking about your partner or even your kids. And so what would what would you recommend? So you're starting, you're recognizing yourself, right? Oh, I've been doing that. Mm-hmm. What what should we do to self-regulate? Like I, you know, what Brian and I do is when we do hear from old people, we share that information right away. Like he gets all excited. He's like, Oh, I just heard from so and so. Her dad was my coach in college, and she's married and got three kids, and she's read your book, and, you know, and, and so we share all that. What, what's your recommendation? Let's say you're in that place you just described. You're texting in the bathroom, and you are getting excited. How do we put the break Well, I think what you just said is absolutely true. If you're open about it, if it's not exclusive and it's not being secretive, And you really are, because that is the difference between a platonic friendship, if you will, and a friendship that's crossed the line. One is secretiveness. The second is sharing intimacy with this other person, thinking about them all the time. And the third is sexual chemistry, that there's a strong attraction. You're starting to get titillated. You're starting to fantasize about this person. What counteracts it? is what you were saying bring it out into the open share this with your partner truth truth is the antidote to emotional sex if you are being open about this and sharing in a way even your intimate feelings about this other person with your partner now of course that's going to bring challenges and you know your partner may feel threatened but it takes it out of the realm of affair and brings it back because it stops draining your relationship and you start bringing your partnership, if you will, back to your partner just by doing what you did. What you say you do is you bring it out in the open and in the... Because emotional sex and affairs grow in the dark. They don't grow in the light. So if you're... um Suspecting, or even if you're not suspecting your partner's doing this, what are the common infidelity warning signs to look out for? Okay, so if you want to find out if your partner's cheating or if you're suspecting your partner's cheating, here's some signs that they may have crossed the line. And once again, the the thing about signs, it's easier, obviously, even though we don't want to call ourselves on it, Um, because we're in denial and say, oh, it's just friendship, what's the big deal? There's no sex, what's the big, you know, so what? Um, It's easier ultimately to call ourselves on, but I'm going to go over some of the main things that start to happen when our partners are having an affair. Uh, You can see, one thing you can feel it, because they're less present, eager, or interested in you. They're starting to withdraw from their normal activities and social plans and romantic evenings with you. They're more, if it's a cyber sort of affair, you know, cyber texting sort of affair, you know, they're going to be more interested in their computer. But that's happening a lot anyway, just with Facebook and social media. <laughs> We're all getting drawn, but there's, they're not coming back to you. Or the same thing, when you walk in the room, suddenly that computer slams shut. They're changing passwords. There's a lot more secretiveness. There's a lot more hiding. They're doing their computer stuff. They used to do it in the family room. Now they're doing it in their own room or away from you. They're wanting more time and space away from you. They, If it's a physical affair, they may be dressing differently when they leave the house, caring more and more about how they look, uh, especially when leaving. There's inconsistencies. In, this is once again especially a physical affair in their cat you know what they're doing with their time or how they're spending their money if you happen to see a credit card statement there's charges at lingerie stores that you didn't get any lingerie from uh, it just it feels different between you there's less and less time together there's less intimacy they're just not with you anymore and there's lots of excuses. Oh, I had to work late. Oh, I have to text my coworker. Oh, it's all excuses and less time with you. Got it. All right. So so is if, if you if there is no physical affair, let's say you or your partner's engaging in this activity with somebody, you know, far away, is your online cheating really cheating? Anything that drains your primary relationship and takes away the love and gives it to someone else at the expense of your partnership, I think is cheating. But more important, it's what do you think is cheating and what does your partner think is cheating? Because we all have different definitions and so few of us sit down with our partner and say, okay, what is cheating? Cheating basically is betrayal. What makes you feel betrayed? What actions of mine make you feel badly? Because sometimes for a woman, it could be her man oogling another beautiful woman. That feels like a betrayal where, you know, someone else, that might not be a big deal at all. Uh, if I'm someone who spends a lot of time on the internet, so what? My, you know, my partner has lots of Facebook friends and is enjoying sharing roomy poems with them. You know, so what? Where for another partner, that could feel like a betrayal. You only are supposed to share them with me. So the most important thing is to sit down and really define with your partner what is cheating so you'll know if you're cheating or not. Mm, that makes so much sense. And I know that online porn is a very, very big issue. So is viewing online porn also a form of cheating or is it, you know, something you need to just define for the relationship? Um, If, you know, I, I knew a couple where he totally got off on porn. In fact, there wasn't, she was very sexual and he suddenly wasn't interested in her. He was more interested in the porn, and he kept the porn secret. So he was just on the computer doing business. No, he, well, he was, but not, not real business. Um, right, right, right. So if it's draining the relationship, if it's taking away the love from the partnership, the sexuality, the juiciness from the partnership, or sometimes even worse, you know, if someone's really into porn... And they come back and all they do all the time is fantasize while with you. So they, with lucky land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to, has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. (gasps) No, lucky land casino with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void. We're prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. He might be having sex with you, but they're not making love with you because you've got a third party in that bed with you, and they're making love oh. to that fantasy. I personally, I think that's cheating, Um, especially if it's secretive. You know, it's one thing if you as a partner know and even engage with your partner. You know, if you sit down and watch it with your partner and kind of get turned on and then share in the fantasy, that actually is kind of fun. And that can be, that's not cheating. It's just when it's exclusive, secretive, not known, and you're left out of the loop. That's where I feel it becomes cheating. Oh, that makes so much sense. Um, so, what are the relationship vulnerabilities that actually lead to cheating? What, what, where are the breaks that would make cheating very possible or likely? I've isolated six main relationship problems that have normally and usually lead to infidelity one is you're feeling really lonely. Uh one partner in the relationship may be traveling a lot or working long hours or has lots of separate interests or loves hanging out with their friends and you have less and less time together, less and less true connection and you're feeling lonely. Uh you're going to want to fill that hole with someone else. And conversely, if The other partner is out there traveling a lot. That's a vulnerability because they may feel lonely too and we can talk later about how to bridge that connection. Uh, Number two is lack of communication, poor or weak skills in really working through problems, Uh, lots of flare-ups and not really tuning in and hearing each other and talking to each other, not feeling known. Or accepted, or there's no sitting down and even sharing your days. It's all blah blah blah. there's no connection. That's another thing that usually leads people to seek that connection elsewhere. If there's a love and attention deficit, um, a lot of times there's infidelity on any level, because there's a lack of love and affection at home, another big issue is boredom complacency and emotional distance because without the exchange of attention, affection and appreciation regularly, I say daily, the relationship starts to starve. We do get bored. There's nothing, there's no energy. So we seek that energy elsewhere and lack of intimacy and sexual disconnection are two more. Um, once again, into me see. It's the saying, when you don't have that sense that you are just loved and accepted and seen and known by your partner, it, it begins the loop of feeling truly lonely and isolated. And there you are in the same bed and there you are calling yourself partners and you might be holding hands and parenting, but you also have to hold hands and love. And when we start taking love for granted and when we start not, when we stop feeding the relationship with what it needs, its daily multivitamin, a collapse happens within the structure and Infidelity in a way is like the earthquake that shakes things up to the core. So if you recognize any of these vulnerabilities, it's not hard to begin the repair work before the earthquake comes. And what would the steps for that be, for the repair work? Well, I believe that you Well, know, there's, there's a number of things. Some of them may feel a little more difficult than others. So, you know, starting with communication and being honest. Now, it depends on what stage you're in. If if you're having an affair, there's a different road back than if, gee, I don't want to have an affair and I want to affair-proof my relationship. So, which one would you like to address, Ariel? Uh, let's talk about affair affair-proofing your relationship. Okay, so to fair-proof your relationship, you have to start feeding your relationship. No excuses. Oh, I'm too busy. Oh, I got the kids. Oh, we got soccer games. I mean, we all have excuses for why we're so bloody busy these days. However, there's no excuse. Bottom line, you've got to shut down that computer. You've got to put the kids to bed. You've got to start setting limits around your work. And you've got to start feeding your relationship. And it doesn't even take that much time, but it does take the willingness and the desire to say, this partnership's important to me. I've let it kind of slide, and I want to start feeding it. So that's what I call the three A's giving it more attention, appreciation, and affection. So, attention that's just like looking in each other's eyes, saying, good morning, darling getting up out of bed to greet each other, not just like yawn from the bed and go, oh, have a good day. No, you know, you get up, you have some morning contact. You might read together, you might do something to start the day together before you separate into your separate worlds. Uh, giving each other attention just is also adding some appreciation to this because appreciation is just saying i'm grateful i'm happy i'm with you i love you i thank you thank you for the big stuff thank you for the small stuff if you rec- whatever you put your attention on grows often we focus on complaining and what's wrong because we feel that that's more of a fear based dense energy and so we feel that more in our body love is light and so usually it's our dense energy that pulls us, but it's the dense energy that also pulls us apart. So start focusing on the small stuff. Thank you for standing by me as I did the dishes. Thank you for that delicious meal you made. Thank you for going to Gelson's and picking up this delicious meal. Focus on the small stuff. Thank you for taking care of the kids in the way you do. Thank you for holding my hand at the party. I loved having you next to me. Focus on what you want to grow because it will grow. But more important, make your partner feel good to be seen in that way. And affection. Affection is a 20-second kiss or a 10-second kiss and a 10-second hug when your partner comes home or you come home from work. It's when you meet and greet each other to do it with some Consciousness. It's when you see each other in the same room. Just go as you walk by and touch them somewhere on their body. Or come up from behind and just give them a hug and say, I love you. Affection often means to most of us sex. Oh, I have to wait. Oh, do I even have the energy for sex tonight? I'm so tired. It's so late. Blah, blah, blah. No. Affection can happen all day. It's a text. It's a sexy text. It's a thinking of you text. It's the I love you text. Affection, all of these things, the three A's, doesn't have to be big. It could be a momentary thing that you do that means a lot. It's the daily multivitamin for your relationship. I have seen those three things make a relationship so strong. So that's where I would begin, starting today to apply the three A's wherever you are in your distance or closeness. Mm, I think that's really good advice. Um, now I know you talk about the chemicals in our brain that are produced uh, by love or having an affair is like a drug. Talk a little bit about that. You know, now that we can photograph the brain and look at the energy that's happening in the brain, we are having such an understanding even about love. That love is really brain chemistry. So when we get taken by love, like let's look at new love. What's happening? It's called we have dopamine surges. We're feeling and dopamine is what gives us that feeling of romantic love. It's at the core of a lot of crushes. It's certainly at the core of emotional sex. And what happens when dopamine dopamine is surging is that we're feeling exhilarated and Full of energy and consumed by thoughts of that person, and we our highs and our lows are based on contact. So when we're first falling in love, and you know, when we're teenagers or even adults now, you know, you're divorced and you meet someone new and it's like, That's usually dopamine. Uh, the other thing that happens, especially for men, is testosterone starts flowing, and that's the sex driver. And there's another chemical in there called norepinephrine, and that's like an amphetamine. It's what gives you that speedy rush. It's like lust and love, and oh, this feels so good. And what begins to happen is we, in normal life, you know, we're calm. It's serotonin is flowing, and you know we're we're feeling even in a good relationship. You know everything's kind of settled down. Everything's kind of nice. Everything's kind of ah. Oh. But when we get that dopamine surge, when we get some of that norepinephrine going, when we got some testosterone going, it feels really good. We feel so alive. That's what new love feels like. You feel so alive. And that's what draws us if there's a hole in our relationship. If we're feeling separated in our relationship, we get drawn to wanting that feeling because it's almost like a drug. We're shooting up with that love drug. And the secret is, how do we keep the spark alive in our primary relationship and fill in the holes so that we don't need that love drug? to. Because the love drug can take us over. Once our brain kicks in and there's a vulnerability, it really does feel like love. We think we're in love with this Friend with this past classmate from the way back, from with that coworker, it feels like a crush, and it makes us wonder: Do I really love my partner? Because I don't feel like this when I'm with my partner. So, my best advice is fill in the holes in your relationship now. I have seen too much. Look at the divorce rate in our country. It's beyond 55%. I think it's up to 60%. And it's even higher in remarriages. And that's because we've become a separated society. And we start taking our relationships for granted. And we're losing that sense of village. And we're losing that sense of family. And the most important thing we can be doing right now is feeding the love within our unit within our family and within our circle. Uh, Our circle is becoming bigger and bigger and bigger with the Internet. It's dangerous. It's really dangerous. You have to feed your primary relationship first. Uh, Okay, so here's my question. So let's say your brain chemistry has kicked in. Okay, Mm -hmm. you've been married for 20 years, it's not been great for the last five years. You reconnected with somebody. You haven't gotten physical yet, but you're definitely texting in the bathroom and all the things that we've already talked about. How do you make a determination? Is there some reality here or, uh, you know, or is it just brain chemistry? I guarantee it's brain chemistry. Because <laughs> there isn't any reality here. There isn't any reality here. It's brain chemistry. It's fantasy. Because reality comes when you actually live with the person. Reality comes when you actually spend time with the person. Reality comes when it becomes real. Right now, it's in the realm of not real. If it's someone that you're reconnecting with from the past, it's all projection from the past. <laughs> there is no real. So what is real is your. Re- Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Relationship. And, you know, I, I, I'm not one who says, oh, you're married, you should stay married forever. But I am someone, whether you're married or in a committed long-term relationship, is work on the relationship. You're being drawn to someone else is saying it's time to start feeding what you have at home. If there is not two cooperative people at home, if there's two people who don't want it, then, you know, maybe there's something to explore on this other end once you separate. I'm just always believing that you should be clean. And cheating isn't clean. Cheating isn't clean. And to start a new relationship without ending your primary relationship, is not clean. And so even if this is a potential possibility, this is the soulmate of your life, which when the brain chemicals take over and we start fantasizing and projecting, it feels like the soulmate of our life, But we don't really know who that soulmate is until we really have real life experience. You're the soulmate expert, Ariel would you agree? <laughs> oh, totally. You know, I think it it really takes a long time to get to know somebody. So you've got to be able to work through the fantasy and the chemistry and the projection and and you know, figure out what's real and what isn't real and um the the question I have is though, let's say you or your partner is in this, you know, la la land of connecting with somebody from the past or somebody new is that a good time to go into couples counseling, or should you try and work this out on your own? Well, that's one of the reasons I wrote Chatting or Chating was to take people by the hand and do step by step. I'm, you know, I'm a therapist. I totally believe in therapy and say yes if you need outside help, get your butts to a therapist, a good therapist. Get referrals. Talk to friends. See who they've gone to. You know, look, look at, find someone who's right for you and try. You are going to therapy. You know, make sure you're both comfortable and you feel a relation, a good relationship with that therapist. Uh, But it really takes sitting down and starting to communicate, commune with your partner. Now, definitely a few sessions with a therapist to teach you how to do that if you don't know how to do that is... Excellent, or there's workshops out there that you can both take. But probably a therapy, going to therapy one on one for at least a couple sessions would be really pivotal because you could learn how to communicate if you don't know how. Conversely, it really just takes sitting down with your partner and starting to talk, to allocate some time, to just be together where you close the door. And you, even if you just hold each other and say, you're important to me. I feel the distance between us growing. And I miss you. I, I want us to work on our relationship. Do you? And not, not accusatory, not looking at what's wrong, but coming from a place of love and tenderness, recognizing the separation between you and saying, you're important to me. I want to make this work. Let's let's spend more time together. And see yes. what your partner says. See what your partner says. Now, truly, if your partner is on a spin or is having emotional sex with someone else, they might be resistant at first because they're getting their high somewhere else. The person who's getting emotional sex, I want to say almost emotionally laid, you know, <laughs> okay. you know, who is getting it out there, whether it be in the ethers, the cyber world, or physically in the real world, one may be in denial, and two, they're getting their needs met. They're filling the hole outside. So at first, they may be a little resistant to coming home. But I think you're at least extending your arms out and saying, I want a relationship with you. I love you. I miss you. Let's work on this. Is a good start. And how can you tell whether or not your partner's lying? Well, in general, or if they're cheating on you and lying about it? Well, both. <laughs> okay. I a good information to have either way. <laughs> well, it, lying comes in a lot of ways. You know, most of us actually, even if we can do the words, most people aren't great liars when it comes to their body language. So some of it is... It's funny. I had to... Remember when Clinton, President Clinton was, um, this is a little aside, forgive me, but was lying about Monica Lewinsky. Extra right. came to me and had me analyze his body language to talk about how you could tell he was lying. And the truth was, he it was hard. He did everything right. You know, looked pointed, was affirming, looked right at the eye of the news, news people, right into the camera. And so the truth is his body language, you couldn't tell he was lying and that he was lying. So he was a good liar. He was well trained. I'm sure he had a staff of experts who trained him, but most of us are not trained. So Often we look down, we look away. Our body, our voice changes usually. Uh, there's subtle things when people are lying. But I I am a firm believer, and let's go back to the cheating because it's almost easier because it's more concrete. I'm a firm believer in gathering the facts before you confront anybody on because then you'll know if they're lying or not. When we randomly and emotionally, when we want to find out the truth about something but we don't have any information, anybody can say anything. So it's important for you, if, you're, if it's important, to get as much information as you possibly can on what it is you're trying to get to the truth of. So cheating, uh, the most important thing when you are confronting your partner is to remain calm, cool, and collected and make sure you do your homework, that you have proof that you're prepared, that you have a plan, and you know your purpose, which is to get to the truth. And proof is the most important thing because if you have proof, because I guarantee when you first confront your partner, especially out of the blue, they're probably going to lie. It is the natural reaction. Fear makes us want to self-protect. And very few cheaters just go, ah, you got me. You're so right. I'm sorry. No. It's usually, what are you talking about? They're either going to turn it on you. They're going to deny, deny, deny. They're going to make you feel like you're crazy and paranoid. They're going to do anything to distract. And you can count on that. So, <laughs> you know you can count on it. What you need to have is the proof. You have to be prepared for defense, deception, distraction, and denial. And you have to have a plan for how you are going to keep pursuing the truth. The most important thing is to think conversation, not confrontation. And it's important to stay calm, be conversational and be diplomatic, because usually people lie because they're scared, unless they're pathological liars. That's a whole different thing. But any of us, even if we don't lie normally, if confronted, it feels like life and death. And what's going to come out first is protection. And as a partner, what you can do, no matter how angry you might be, is to practice and be prepared and be calm and I believe in using the Oreo cookie which is a positive and what you want to talk about and always closing with a positive and the positive is love even if you're not feeling really loving in the moment the positive is love and then you talk about here's my concerns, this is what I'm discovering, this is what I'm suspecting, this is what I know. And by the way, when you are confronting anybody, don't give all your proof because they're going to start denying, denying, denying. So if you go, well, what about this? They go, oh shoot, she knows more than, or he knows more than I thought. Um, and, then, and then always feel with love. Okay, you're important to me. This is a big problem I want to talk to you about. Let's talk through this. Let's try to hold hands through this and get to the other side. It takes away the fear and it really does then invite your partner to join in on the conversation without all the defense, without all the fear. So confronting about any issue that since my specialty is cheating, confronting about cheating Just make sure you've got the plan, the proof. You know your purpose which is to get to the truth and you're prepared. And most of your preparation is how to stay calm, how to stay conversational, how to stay in control of yourself so that you're not reactive so you can draw your partner into this conversation. Once you get to the truth, you can pound them over the head or her, whatever the case may be. (laughs) (laughs) To get to the truth and not keep facing a lie, this is the most powerful way to do it. Wow. So let's say you're the one that's the cheater. Um, Is it better to confess before you get caught or are there reasons not to confess? Well, depending on who your partner is and what their life situation is you know if they're sick or die you know have cancer uh if there's a safety risk you know they've got such a violent emotional temper that you're in danger or whoever you're cheating with could be in danger that would not be a good person to confess to um if you're already planning to divorce or leave I don't. I don't know if you need. Why need? Why do you need to tell? It's almost like those deathbed confessions, you know, <laughs> when people on their death, they go, "Oh, sweetheart, I have something to tell you. I've cheated on you for 20 years." Like, and then they die. Like, what's the point? Like, why? Why does that per? Why does your partner need to know that you betrayed them? Her whole, you know, it's like. So there's there's certain situations that why tell. So if there's a safety risk if you're ending the relationship anyway or uh your your partner couldn't survive the storm because it is a storm it's like a major earthquake then don't tell don't confess but if you want this relationship a lot of times we think oh confessing will end the relationship oh. and it and it, it could that it could just like cheating in the first place making that choice is a choice to destroy your relationship. It's not a choice to fix your relationship. So confessing, depending on how it's handled, at first is a big shake up and storm. And but I have seen couples come through it stronger and more committed and connected than before the cheating. Because what began, what begins to happen after the confession is you start working on it. You start looking at the holes. You start looking at the vulnerabilities. You start looking at what caused the cheating. And the person who cheats really does have to earn the trust back. So it really takes a dedication and a rededication because you realize, oh, my God, I don't want to lose this relationship. This relationship is important. And funny enough, it adds a vitality to your desire for this relationship that you were cheating on. So confessions important for getting the ball rolling to get some honesty and truth back because cheating is not truth. Cheating is secrets. Cheating is lying. Cheating is excluding. And so the opposite of that is truth. And confession and saying okay, confessing is so much better than your partner finding out. So the answer is absolutely Confess before your partner finds out. Because <laughs> When your partner finds it's out, it's a double whammy. You lied, you never told me, you, you know, and that means they've gathered all this proof. They've, you know, if they've confronted you, they also, they also know a lot more than you even know they know. And that means they've, like, investigated a lot of things. And so you're better off confessing if you want to save the relationship than being confronted. So I would I would imagine that there's men out there listening to this thinking well if all I did was talk online and text I didn't really cheat so if I just quit am I safe or is it better to say you know here's what happened I reconnected with my old girlfriend I I. Caught myself and saw that it was really interesting, and I don't want to do that anymore. And I want to be closer. You know, like what's the conversation? I like what you just did, Ariel. That's perfect. (laughs) (laughs) I love that. Uh, Once again, when you're confessing, it's the Oreo cookie, and if it's something mild like that, you know, where you're coming forth as as a partner, you. you know, in listening to you, Ariel, I would be going, "Thank you for opening up." You know, <laughs> I would actually melt. I'd get a little challenge going. Well, why and what's going on? And we need, you know, what, why would you do that? But it's not that. That's a conversation opener. That's a way to go. Hey, you're important to me. So confessing on that level, coming forth and being honest, telling your partner that you love them and that you want to work on this relationship. Because you see that something is pulling you away is a powerful opener to a deeper relationship with your partner, and so, so yeah, if it isn't if it isn't serious get 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 over it, get back to your partner as soon as possible, and yes, start with that kind of conversation yeah sounds smart so in the in the case of a physical affair um Can a relationship really, you know, survive a physical affair? And if you're the one who's been betrayed, can you ever really trust your partner again? Well, that is the journey of the betrayed, to learn trust, to learn trust for ourselves and to learn forgiveness. And so to be betrayed is an, an amazing inner journey where... When we're betrayed, what we want to do is shut down and protect and push away often. But to go through the healing process of learning to trust ourselves, trust our instincts, to stay awake and conscious, to reconnect with ourselves, and to maybe set a higher expectation bar with our partner. (laughs) They need to be trustworthy that we are not asleep in the relationship, that we're conscious and awake and working on it, and so are they, and that our expectations are, hey, this relationship is important, and to not just randomly trust. You know, The, the hardest part about betrayal is we lose our innocence. There's something so pure when we can just trust our partner, and there's something so devastating when we find out we can't. And that, in some ways, is what hurts the most. The loss of innocence, the having to wake up, grow up, and be conscious, uh, is a painful evolution. But in some ways, I don't want to say there's a gift of betrayal, but it is, it's the gift of betrayal. It forces us to grow up and Um, be more alert and be more conscious but it also allows us to wake up to what we need because a lot of times we're not even aware what we truly need in a relationship and often a shake-up such as that makes us go hey wait a minute what do I want here my needs are important too so yes you can trust and because you trust yourself more. The journey of betrayal is learning how to trust yourself and listen to yourself and take care of yourself better, which is going to allow you to receive more love from your partner. So I've read in various places that when an affair happens, it's not just the cheater, that there's some responsibility on the person who's been betrayed. Can you just address that a little bit? Well, I, I don't believe that affairs happen in a vacuum. You know, sometimes they are random, but usually affairs happen because there's, loopholes in the relationship and it's important to rather than obsessing on it's my partner it's their fault and a lot of times when an affair happens and I'm kind of going off course here but when an affair happens what happens is we blame our partner we obsess about what they did we obsess about why this could have happened to us, or why our partner could have done it to us. And what really needs to begin to happen is to sit down, hold hands, and say, how? How did this happen to us? Why did this happen? And how can we fix it? And start having the conversation. What do you need? What do you need from me? What do I need from you? And to start... Becoming friends, because at the core of every good relationship is a friendship. And sometimes we lose that. We get too drawn away, and we lose that sense that this is my friend, this person's on my side, we're on the same team. And to rebuild, it's going to take becoming on the same team, feeling like you're on the same bench, and that you're best friends. And you can do it. You can do it, and you can do it at any phase. You can do it certainly pre-affair, but you can also do it post-affair. And that is what I would, if there was any message, it would be start working on your friendship now. Start talking in we language, not me language. If there's a problem in your relationship, it's a we problem. It's not his problem or my problem it's our problem and make sure that you guys are spending time build you know romantic time playing together so when you're talking it's just not about the bills and the kids and and the news or even who you're voting for president it's really about i love you you're important to me and getting into each other. Tell me about what's going on. Tell me about your day and how how it changed you or what happened or how can I help you? How can I help you? And tell me more. Those are two important questions to ask each day. How can I help you? How can I support you? And when your partner starts talking, tell me more. Tell me more. Because that will melt walls quicker then even if there's a lot of emotional separation your interest your care your loving that person your accepting your partner you're looking in their eyes and going i love you you matter we are important i'm not going anywhere i'm here and i'm here for you i'm getting shakes just even saying that <laughs> it makes all the difference yeah, I always ask Brian, what can I do to make your life better? And he just he just keeps saying it can't get any better. <laughs> <laughs> well, I have to tell you, I live vicariously through your relationship, although I have a really, really good one. But you two are our role models. <laughs> <laughs> we, we are just ultra-compatible. We got really lucky. So we've only got about... Three minutes left, and I really want to know what are you most excited about these days, and how can our listeners learn more about you? Well, I'm so excited about my book, Chatting or Cheating, because it is in a way something that I wrote as a therapist to hold people's hands through through this really important life change because more and more people are getting sucked into uh, a lifestyle of separation and this is about how to return to love no matter what has come between you so I'm excited about that Um, I do have a website that people can get a free chapter on chattingorcheating.com they can go on and download a free chapter and learn all about emotional sex and why there's vulnerabilities and what those vulnerabilities are and it will. Encapsulate in one chapter a lot of what we were talking about today, and I'm also excited because I'm just doing a lot of there's a lot of videos and media that I'm doing just to help people because I'm I'm like you, Ariel. I'm all about bringing people back to their hearts, and so that's part of my mission, and um, I want to support that in any way possible. So if people go to my website, essentially there's videos that are going to help. They're all free. Um, you can just click on them and, and watch them and there's a free chapter. And really, I, I'm just here to help serve and enlighten in any way I can. And uh, let everybody know how they can find you on Facebook as well. Right. Dr. Sherry Myers. um you can if you put in Dr. Sherry Myers or I think it's Dr. Sherry Ann Myers is my Facebook and Twitter is Dr. Sherry Myers. So definitely come on in. There's always like inspiration and um lots and lots of I'm learning how to tweet. So there's lots and lots of tweets <laughs> and posts and I'm starting again in that world. Okay. <laughs> Which so means I I'll have to work even know. harder than being with my beloved. So. Well, her book, again, is called Chatting or Cheating, How to Detect Infidelity, Rebuild Love, and Affair Proof Your Relationship. The website is chattingorcheating.com, and you can get free videos and download a free chapter at chattingorcheating.com. Or find Sherry uh, on Facebook, and her name is spelled S-H-E-R-I, Dr. Sherry Myers, M-E-Y. So this has just been so enlightening. Thank you so much for joining me today. Oh, what a pleasure. I love talking to you and thank you for all the wonderful work you're doing in the world, Ariel. You and Brian truly are my inspiration. Oh, well, it's been great, and I know this is going to be a really important book with what's going on in social media. So for all of you out there that are busy flirting online, you've got to get this book, (laughs) Chatting or Cheating. All right. Good night, everybody. We'll see you next time. Bye-bye. You've been listening to Big Love with Ariel Ford. Join Ariel next time for more secrets to finding and keeping the love of your life and ways to live life as a spiritual adventure. For more information, you can visit her website at www.arielford.com.